Exodus 4. Then Moses answered, What if they won't believe me and will not obey me, but say, The Lord did not appear to you? The Lord asked him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. Then he said, Throw it to the ground. He threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. Moses ran from it, but the Lord told him, Stretch out your hand and grab it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. This will take place, he continued. So they will believe that Yahweh, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. In addition, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. So he put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, his hand was diseased, white as snow. Then he said, put your hand back inside your cloak. He put his hand back inside his cloak, and when he took it out, it had again become like the rest of his skin. If they will not believe you and will not respond to the evidence of the first sign, they may believe the evidence of the second sign. And if they don't believe even these two signs or listen to what you say, take some water from the Nile and pour it out on the dry ground the water you take from the Nile will become blood on the ground but Moses replied to the Lord please Lord I have never been eloquent either in the past or recently or since you have been speaking to your servant because I am slow and hesitant in speech. Yahweh said to him, Who made the human mouth? Who makes the mute or deaf, seen or blind? Is it not I, Yahweh? Now go. I will help you speak and teach you what to say. Moses said, Please, Lord, send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses, and he said, Isn't Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, he is on his way now to meet you. He will rejoice when he sees you. You will speak with him and tell him what to say. I will help both you and him to speak and will teach you both what to do. He will speak to the people for you. He will be your spokesman and you will serve as God to him.
and take this staff in your in your hand that you will perform the signs with. Then Moses went back to his father-in-law Jethro and said to him, Please let me return to my relatives in Egypt and see if they are still living. Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Now in Midian, the Lord told Moses, Return to Egypt for all the men who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons and put So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took God's staff in his hand. The Lord instructed Moses, when you go back to Egypt, make sure you do all the wonders before Pharaoh that I have put within your power. But I will... Harden his heart so that he won't let the people go. Then you will say to Pharaoh, This is what Yahweh says Israel is my firstborn son. I told you, let my son go so that he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go. Now I will kill your firstborn son. On the trip at an overnight campsite, it happened that the Lord confronted him and sought to put him to death. So Zipporah took a flint cut off her son's foreskin and threw it at Moses' feet. Then she said, You are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone at that time. She said, You are a bridegroom of blood, referring to the circumcision. Now the Lord had said to Aaron, Go and meet Moses in the wilderness. So he went and met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say and about all the signs he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and assembled all the elders of the Israelites. Aaron repeated everything the Lord had said to Moses and performed the signs before the people. The people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had paid attention to them,
and that he had their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Luke chapter 7. When he had the gospel according to Luke chapter 7, when he had concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum, a centurion slave who was highly valued by him was sick and about to die. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, requesting him to come and save the life of his slave. When they reached Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy for you to grant this, because he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. When Jesus went with them, and he was not far from the house, the centurion sent his friends to tell him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, since I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. That is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be cured. For I too am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come. And he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Jesus heard this and was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found so great a faith even in Israel. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. Soon afterward, he was on his way to a a town called Nain. His disciples had a large crowd. His disciples and a large crowd were traveling with him. Just as he neared the gate of the town, a dead man was being carried out. He was his mother's only son.
and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was also with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, Don't cry. Then he came up and touched the open coffin, and the pallbearer stopped, and he said, Young man, I tell you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Then fear came over everyone, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us. A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. This report about him went throughout Judea and all the vicinity. Then John's disciples told him about all these things. So John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord, asking, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for someone else? When the men reached him, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for someone else? At that time, Jesus healed many people of diseases. At that time, Jesus healed many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits. And he granted sight to many blind people. He replied to them, Go and report to John the things you have seen and heard. The blind Go and report to John the things you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk. Those with skin diseases are healed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news. And anyone who is not offended because of me is blessed. After John's messengers left, he began to speak to the crowds about John. 
What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind. What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft robes. Look, those who are splendidly dressed and live in luxury are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you. And far more than a prophet, for this is the one it is written about. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, no one is greater than John, but the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And when all the people, including the tax collectors, heard this, they acknowledged God's way of righteousness because they had been baptized with John's because they had been baptized with John's baptism. But since the Pharisees and experts in the law had not been baptized by him, they rejected the plan of God for themselves. So what then should I compare the people of this generation? And what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to each other. We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sing a lament, but you didn't weep. For John the Baptist did not come eating bread or drinking wine, and you say, he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by all her children. Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of fragrant oil and stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to wash his feet. With her tears, she wiped his feet with the hair of her head, kissing them and anointing them with 
with the fragrant oil. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he said, say it. A creditor has two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. You have judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she, with her tears, has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil. But she has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much, but the one who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Job chapter 21. Then, Job chapter 21, then Job answered, pay close attention to my words. Let this be the consolation you offer. Bear with me while I speak. Then after I have spoken, 
you may continue mocking. As for me, is my complaint against a man. Then why shouldn't I be impatient? Look at me and shudder. And your hand, put your hand over your mouth. When I think about it, I am terrified and my body trembles in horror. Why do the wicked continue to live growing old and becoming powerful? Their children are established while they are still alive and their descendants before their eyes. Their homes are secure and free of fear. No rod from God strikes them. Their bulls breed without fail. Their cows calve and do not miscarry. They let their little ones run around like lambs. Their children skip about, singing to the tambourine and lyre and rejoicing at the sound of the flute. They spend their days in prosperity and go down to shoal in peace. Yet they say to God, leave us alone. We don't want to know your ways. We don't want to know your ways. Who is the Almighty that we should serve Him? And what will we gain by pleading with Him? But their prosperity is not of their own doing. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. How often is the lamp of the wicked put out? Does disaster come on them? Does he apportion destruction in his anger? Are they like straw before the wind? Like chafe, a storm sweeps away. God reserves a person's punishment for his children. Let God repay the person himself so that he may know it. Let his own eyes see his demise. Let him drink from the Almighty's wrath. For what does he care about his family once he is dead? When the number of his months has run out, can anyone teach God knowledge since he judges the exalted ones? One person dies in excellent health completely secure and at ease. His body is well-fed, and his bones are full of marrow. 
yet another person dies with a bitter soul, having never tasted prosperity. But they both lie in the dust, and worms cover them. I know your thoughts very well, the schemes you would wrong me with. For you say, where now is the nobleman's house, and where are the tents the wicked live in? Have you not, have you never consulted those who travel the roads? Don't you accept their reports? Indeed, the evil man is spared from the day of disaster, rescued from the day of wrath. Who would denounce his behavior to his face? Who would repay him for what he has done? He is carried to the grave and someone keeps watch over his tomb. The dirt on his grave is sweet to him. Everyone follows behind him and those who go before him are without number. So how can you offer me such futile comfort? Your answers are deceptive. First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 8. About food offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge inflates with pride, but love builds up. If anyone, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, if anyone thinks he knows anything, he does not know If anyone thinks he knows anything, he does not yet know it as he ought to know it. But if anyone loves God, he is known by him. About eating food offered to idols, then we know that An idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father. All things are from him, and we exist for him. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. All things are through him, and we exist through him. However, 
Not everyone has this knowledge. In fact, some have been so used to idolatry up until now that when they eat food offered to an idol, their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not make us acceptable to God. We are not inferior if we don't eat, and we are not better if we do eat. But be careful that this right of yours in no way becomes a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone sees you, the one who has this knowledge, dining in an idol's temple, won't his weak conscience be encouraged to eat food offered to idols. Then the weak person, the brother for whom Christ died, is ruined by your knowledge. Now, when you sin like this against the brothers and wound their weak conscience, you are sinning against Christ. Therefore, if food causes my brother to fall, I will never again eat meat so that I won't cause my brother to fail 